Thinking Sideways is not brought to you by Geishas in Top Hats. Instead, it's supported by the generous contributions of people like you, our listeners, on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash thinking sideways to learn more. Thinking Sideways. I don't understand. Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Hey everybody, and welcome again to another episode of Thinking Sideways. I am Steve, as always, of course, joined by... Devin. Joe. And once again, actually, I guess this week we are... What is this? Is the third week of Thinking Sideways Most Wanted? I, mm-hmm. Something like that. So yeah. this is the second, third most... Second re- runner-up. Yeah. Whatever Devin calls it, it's the third most requested episode. <laughs> yeah, and it's it, this is actually a, a big one. It's been... I actually got a big, huge write-up in Smithsonian Magazine. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does. Yeah. what we're going to talk things, about yeah. is the solder children. Yeah. yeah. The mysterious missing solder children. Yes. Um, yeah. And I got I got to tell you, I, right from the outside, I never really thought there was a whole lot to this story. I think that's one of the reasons that I was never inclined to do it. That's and, why we were all, yeah. yeah. But once you get into it, you you find some details. But I think part of my problem with the story is it's got a lot of what we here in this room would call shoddy retellings or mm-hmm. very oh, yeah. edited retellings for sensation. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and unfortunately, the uh, one of the protagonists, of the, the father in this case, was, I think, Sicilian. And so a lot of people automatically assumed a mafia connection. Yeah, there, there's a <laughs> yeah. whole yeah. bunch of stuff that went on. And yeah. so it, it, it's kind of, in my mind, inflated the story. Yeah. And because of that, Anybody who's listened to the show for an amount of time knows that when I get a story like this, I love to tell the fantastic version and then pull in reality Mm. after the fact. But I want to do that today. I kind of instead want to take the track of here's what happened. These are the bits that you're going to get told, and then we're going to bring in reality as we step through each piece of the story. Well, that's no fun. We're just going to leave out the stuff that is obviously not true. Well, yeah, and there's there are going to be things that are going to get left out in this telling mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I cannot in any way, shape, or form validate it. Yeah. I, can't, I can't say, well, that really happened because I don't know when that was introduced to the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was it there but, in the beginning or not? So, What about the UFOs? Are you leaving those out? I, I have to leave those out. You have to leave those out? But oh. I do want to tell folks who are really, really interested in the story and have done a lot of reading on it, there are going to be parts that aren't in there, and that's because I've left them out because I can't prove that they actually happen. Yeah, we do that a lot, and we don't usually add this disclaimer, but I think based on some of the feedback that we've been getting, we're going to start yep. letting people know when we're doing that because it's it's not a... It's not a lack of it, research. You know, but we've seen it, <laughs> and we just don't think it is really worthwhile to add it to the story. Well, when yeah. you see it written exactly the same every time... Yeah. Over the entire course of the internet, it makes me start to question if it wasn't just a continual copy paste. There's no. There's a lot of that going on, especially when it happens to also be missing from like the more reputable sources, but Mm -hmm. it's in all of the like black background white text. (laughs) (laughs) Your figure that starts to be a kind of an indicator. Yeah. You know, I I started to wonder if some of these unsolved mystery pages are just bots and they're not even people. (laughs) Just go out and grab that, grab the text from another page. It's possible. I I think so. All right. Well, I think we've had you know enough of a disclaimer there. We should probably get into the story. Yeah. Oh yeah, the story. Okay. 
Our story begins on Christmas Eve, 1945, in Fayetteville, West Virginia. We are at the home of George and Jeannie Sauter, who have 10 children. Gosh. Huge family. It's a lot of kids. Nine of the kids were home. Uh, The 10th was away in the Army. It's Christmas Eve. Mom and Dad have let some of the kids open some presents. Those kids say, hey, can we stay up late and play with some presents? And they say, well, yeah, that's fine as long as you lock up and shut everything down tonight before you go to bed. Right. That's reasonable. Great. Yeah, totally. It's Christmas Eve. Why not? Yeah, man. About midnight, the phone rings, and Mrs. Sauter gets up and answers it. And somebody said, is your refrigerator running? <laughs> no. No. No, they, they asked for somebody that didn't live at the house, and so she, of course, said, no, you got the wrong number. person said, oh, okay, and hung up. Oh, that's and, creepy and mysterious. And when she, uh, when she was done on the phone, she realized that the kids being kids, hadn't done what they were supposed to, the lights were on, and the door was unlocked. Weird. And her old, uh, one of her daughters, uh, Marion, was asleep on the couch. Yeah. She goes, shuts everything down, locks it up, goes to bed. She says she remembers as she was in bed falling asleep again, she heard something hit the roof, or sounded like it hit the roof and rolled off. Yeah. And then she went to sleep. Yeah. Somewhere, I, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I, I guess I just, I'm not totally sure why the door would have been unlocked anyway. Like, why wouldn't she just say, okay, make sure to turn. It's not like the kids were playing outside with their toys. Just lock the door when you go yeah, up as your as a parent. That's that's a good point. But, but I, these are back in old times. I used to live in a small town when I was a kid, and we didn't lock our door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we would go had, away. Yeah, I mean, so I guess since yeah. she asked them to lock the door and yeah, then why locked she, it later, why, why didn't, didn't she, she just, just lock do it? It, yeah. it might have yeah. been a key lock situation. I grew up in a house where the only way to lock the doors from inside or out was with a skeleton key. The mm-hmm. house was so old, so you couldn't actually lock it from the inside without the key. Mm. Yeah. So it might not have been just so easy to shut the door and just flip the lock. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Around one thirty in the morning, ballparkish. And by the way, their uh, bedroom, I believe, was on the ground floor of the house, right? The bedroom was the parents' bedroom was on the ground floor, and also and their there office. Was a, there was a entire story above them. We don't know. I don't know that. We'll we'll get into some of the the spatial weirdness okay. of this house. Yeah, I'm um, just wondering because of the thing that we a little bit glossed over that she heard something fall on the roof. Mm-hmm. So if she were a few stories down, so yeah, let me, let, toy, let's, right? let me describe the house briefly is yeah. as best as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a lot of questions in this story. And one of them is how is this house laid out? Yeah. yeah because I don't know because there's no I, photos. Yeah. No yeah. Drawings. But mom and dad, Mr. and Mrs. Sauter, their bedroom is on the ground floor. And apparparently they also had a home office there. Because they, had they had a home a, office a in business. the house. That was on the ground floor also, also, I on believe. the ground floor. Yeah. And then the children were upstairs. And what I don't know is if upstairs was a true second story. Or a, or a story and a half house. Or a story and a half where it was just yeah. the attic. Yeah. And, you know, that's where the... Because the, all the kids slept upstairs in two rooms. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know where the staircase is in the house. I don't know where anything in the house is related because we never get any description of the home. Yeah. So I don't know exactly how she would have heard, if it is a true two-story house, I'm not quite sure how she heard something hit and, I'm using air quotes here, roll roll down the roof. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, I can't answer that. It could have been something big and loud enough that it would you would hear it throughout the house. Could have been. But you would think that people upstairs would have heard it. Yeah. It also could have been a toy. It could have been a lot. Yeah. It could have been something up in the second story or in the attic Mm -hmm. space. Yeah. I don't know. Or a chunk of ice. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it is Christmas Eve. Yeah, and it, it was, is December. It was, Freezing cold and icy. Right? It was. Yeah. It was because we're we're in West Virginia. It's yeah. Freaking cold there in the winter. Well, and sometimes squirrels will land in your roof with a big thump and just sort of scamper off. Not at one. Not, yeah. not at midnight though. Squirrels yeah. don't do that. Squirrels hibernate, Joe. Okay. Do they? Okay. Yes, but okay. we're way off track. Anyway, oh, yeah. stop talking about squirrels. <laughs> so about one thirty in the morning. She wakes up, Miss Sauter mm-hmm. wakes up again and realizes that there's smoke and the house is on fire. And as you briefly mentioned earlier, uh, I think well, it was Joe actually talked about there was a home office mm-hmm. and she figured out that there was a fire and it was all the smoke was coming from the home office. Husband and wife wake up, scream at the kids to get out and they run outside. Mm-hmm. Totally makes sense. Let's get out of a burning building. In retrospect, then maybe they should have gone upstairs and grabbed the kids. I, well, actually, I don't agree with that. Because here's here's the thing, is that the, the kids that were upstairs, uh, I, I told you Marion was on the couch. Mm-hmm. She'd fallen asleep downstairs. Mm-hmm. And then mom and dad were downstairs. Mm-hmm. And the youngest, the three-year-old child, was also on the ground floor. The others were upstairs. And the ones that were upstairs, there was John. He's 23. Mm-hmm. George Jr., 16. Uh, we have Marion, who was downstairs. She was 17. I'll just give everybody's ages here because mm-hmm. it kind of is important because you see the range of the kids. Uh, Sylvia was the little one, the three-year-old. Mm-hmm. She was the one that was sleeping downstairs as well. Mm-hmm. So the people who got out were John, George Jr., Marion, Sylvia, and then Mr. and Mrs. Sauter. They got out of the house. Mm-hmm. The rest of the children, we've got Maurice, he, who was 14, Martha, 12, Louis, 10, Jeannie, 8, and Betty, 6, didn't get out of the house. John, the oldest son, the 23-year-old, he said that he shook the other kids awake yeah, they were, before uh, he left. Yeah, I think John and George were in a separate room, right? There were five I, kids in one room and then John and George in the other room. I think so. Yeah. I, I'm not sure, though. Again, yeah. no descriptions are really good of who was where in that upper story. I, do, I have read that it was two rooms. But I'm not really positive who was in what, but it does yeah. sound like the younger children were in the room together. Yeah. So the, yeah. the five young ones that Which didn't I get out. Which I guess is weird because it, it would make more sense if you'd be all boys, all the boys in one room and all the girls in the other. Mm-hmm. You know? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, yeah, you know, they may know. not have had that, that luxury. Yeah, it sounds I mean, like well, it's a you tiny two space. Rooms, yeah, it's a lot of boys to cram into one room, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> boys are boys are terrible. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, they were stacked like cordwood. In yeah. Room, and, uh... So terrible pun, Joe. Yeah. Um, okay. So house is on fire. Several kids get out. Five of them are not out. Mister Sauter tries to get back into the house, but he can't because the fire is so intense. He runs to the rain barrel to get water to throw on the fire, but. We already talked about it. it's, it's Christmas like Eve. It's one thirty in the morning. The bucket is frozen, or the barrel is frozen solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't do anything there. Well, that's kind of mysterious. <laughs> he runs to get his ladder from where he normally keeps it so he can get to the second, the window where the kid's room is at. His ladder is missing. Mm-hmm. Runs to his truck to start one of his trucks because he's got a freight business. He hauls freight and he hauls coal. Trucks won't start, which is mysterious because his plan was to back up to the house and then get on the top of the truck. Yeah, sabotage, obviously. Yeah, sabotage, obviously. Uh, But yeah, they they wouldn't start. Marion, to to try and get the fire department, she runs to a neighbor's house and this 
varies from the version you read, but she either couldn't get a hold of the operator, because this is back in the day when you didn't dial a number, you called the operator who then connected you, mm-hmm. either couldn't get a hold of the operator or did get a hold of the operator and was connected to the chief of the volunteer fire department. The other version is she couldn't get through, somebody else saw the fire, tried to call the operator, also couldn't get through, Mm -hmm. and then that person drove to either the operator's house or the chief's house, Mm -hmm. not sure which, and rousted them. It would seem like... That's all they had was a volunteer fire... Volunteer fire department. That's all they had. Yeah. It would seem like they probably drove to the chief's house. Why bother with the operator? (laughs) I don't know. If you're already behind the wheel. It's weird. I don't know. Here's something that everybody wigs out about is when the fire department showed up. Eight o'clock in the morning. That does seem like a long time. Yeah. It does, unless you understand how the fire department worked. Mm -hmm. It's a volunteer fire department. So they would just send out a group text, I assume? Oh, of course. No. Yeah. They used what was called the phone tree system. So person one calls person two and says, hey, there's a fire. Get to the station. Okay, I will. Person one hangs up, goes to the station. Person two calls person three. Hey, there's a fire. Mm -hmm. Get to the station. And the process repeats, and you it's the tree to get a hold of everybody. In my experience, it, it had always been more, like, we used phone trees when I was in elementary it school. Should, it should be, like, two people It should be, call. yeah, you call two people each. But, and yeah, they call same two thought. people each. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably more like what it was. It, it probably yeah. was. I'm just keeping it as simple as possible <laughs> here. Because yeah. it, it took me a while to remember what a phone tree was, because it's such an old concept uh-huh. to me. You can't just send out a mass email. No. Uh-huh. No. God, you know what I don't miss is the mass text messages. Anyway, um, so people wig out about this, but that's the system they had. They didn't have a uh, a siren at the, the firehouse, so they couldn't just ring that and get everybody's attention. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One of the things that you will see when you come across this story, and this is about the fire, is that it lasted for about 45 minutes, which is that wrong. Sounds it, really it's wrong. absolutely wrong. You know, a lot of house fires do only last that long, but that's when the fire department shows up and puts it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a house can burn for days. Yeah. 45 minutes yeah. to an hour is the length of time the house was on fire before the roof collapsed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The roof collapsed. The house continued to burn. Of course. Yeah. It was so hot that when the fire department showed up, they still had to hose it down to get in. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this is six and a half hours of fire. Yeah, so by, this by is time, one of those things that you read that is incorrect. Yeah, by the time they got there, it was probably just mostly smoldering ashes and sitting in the basement. Well, I see that's the thing is I, I don't know that because if it is a two-story house, and that's that's a good thing to bring up is the basement. But if it's a two-story house, that's a lot of material and that's all your possessions. Mm-hmm. Joe talks about the basement, which is important here because the house had a basement. We don't know how big. I'm guessing it's about a five feet to a eight feet deep basement, a normal size basement. Yeah. But we don't know that. But there's a reason I say that, and it'll come up sure. shortly. Five feet wouldn't be like a normal size. No, but this is, you know, this is the 40s, and you just dug a basement. There wasn't a standard for how deep. Sure. Yeah. yeah it would be to be like a crawl space. A large a, crawl space. Yeah. Yes. Right. You couldn't stand up. I mean, five well, five feet deep. If you have a five foot deep basement, that's that could be below grade. Below grade, and then you got mm. like a foot, maybe a couple of feet above grade. Yeah, that's about standard. Yeah, yeah. You know? that that could absolutely be mm-hmm. it. Well, the obviously everything that was on fire fell into the basement, and everything was contained, and it would have kept burning. So that's where all that fire is, and that's what they where they would have had to put everything out. Mm-hmm. 
something I, I came across and I hadn't really thought about and you never really see listed in this story is mm-hmm. that homes in that area at that time mm-hmm. were heated with coal. Yeah. yeah. Which means that there's a coal chute, which means there's mm. piles of coal sitting in the basement to yeah. heat the home with. Oh, yeah. Which, yeah. when house catch on fire, it's going to also catch all that coal on fire. And didn't Mr. Yeah. Sauter run a coal business? Yeah, well, he hauled coal. He hauled, he hauled coal. coal so. Well, so that's another that's another bit yeah. to say, well, they probably heated with yeah. coal. Oh, no, I mean, you're, they were living in coal country, West yeah. Virginia. Yeah, and exactly. I mean, my house, my house is 90 years old. Originally, it had a coal-burning furnace in it. And yeah. we're not even living in coal country here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sure they had a coal furnace. So, Here's something there that I that I want to bring up about that is if people don't realize is that coal can burn extremely hot, oh, a thousand yeah. to two thousand degrees Fahrenheit, depending on the conditions, type of coal, how much airflow. There's a lot of things that it can influence that temperature. Yeah, but it's going to burn easily a thousand degrees. So oh, yeah. that's pretty damn hot. Keep that in mind. Now, we get back to the fire department. They arrive. They hose the place down. They start combing through the scene. It's a bunch of volunteer firefighters. Yeah. They don't know how to look for bodies. And let's be honest, at this point, everybody's expecting to find skeletal remains because it's been hours and hours and hours of the house is on fire. Mm -hmm. They don't expect to probably find full intact bodies, Mm -mm. but full intact skeletons, yes. Mm -hmm. They don't know what they're doing, and they're combing through. In their search, which according to the lore was only about two hours long, they A, identified the source of the fire, which was a faulty fuse box, mm-hmm. and B, they found no remains. Yeah. They then, after two hours, because it was Christmas morning, told Mr. Sauter, listen, we're going to go home and we're going to come back and we will finish the search. Just give us some time. Yeah, because the fact of the matter is, is like, you know, what's the point of spoiling your Christmas when there's five dead bodies in there? They're not going to go anywhere. Sadly, yeah. brutally, Sadly. that's the truth. Yeah, it that, is. That really is. Yeah. That's a, that's a, a, a harsh way to put it, but it's, it's absolutely right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But here's the problem. That's also not correct in terms of the report that they found nothing. Oh, there's reports that they did find things. The volunteer Mm -hmm. firefighters, um, along with a priest who was there, Uh and Mrs. Sauter's brother, one of her brothers, all said that they saw remains in the basement. Mm. Mm-hmm. So they saw pieces of bone. They saw pieces of bone. And we're talking, we're talking like in the basement, as in the house has collapsed into the basement. Not correct. Okay, I just want to clarify that. Yes, everything burns. Mm -hmm. Everything's burned and fallen in, and it's a hole in the ground that's holding all All of that burned stuff. stuff. Okay, cool. I just wanted to clarify because when I first was reading through this and I was seeing the term in the basement, I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't make sense. Why would they be in the basement? No, it's it all fell into the basement. Okay. Yep. So. The thing is, though, they didn't tell Mr. and Mrs. Sauter what they had seen. Yeah. Okay, they, they still have to finish with their, their, their search, mm-hmm. but they don't say anything because, again, it's Christmas morning and yeah, you've you just lost five children. You don't say, hey, well, I saw a couple of bones in there, just so you know, but hey, like, we'll Your totally kids be back. definitely die. Yeah. yeah, they're totally, totally barbecued, man. Sorry. Uh, yeah, that's the, it's uh, a terrible thing to say, and that's not what they were going to do. Yeah, yeah. Which I get. Yeah, you want to say Merry Christmas more. You want to, like, you know, fuck them up. Yeah. I, which I don't know how you would in this situation. Yeah, no, not really. So uh, they they saw remains like of what? I don't know. I ask. I it don't wasn't, know. I mean, was it 
we don't know bones. I, I, it's got to be skeletal remains. Right. After that much time, there would be very little flesh uh-huh. left. I, I saw some claims that they found some internal organs. Which oh, I, that's I, later on. Yeah, which I find hard to believe mm-hmm. because, I mean, because after all that time and those really high temperatures, you would think all that stuff would be just charred, just charred ashes. One of the, the last bits of the human body, aside from bones, flesh, just the flesh that's left over in a fire, mm-hmm. believe it or not, is your intestines. Because they're so dense and full of moisture and, and waste, so they don't burn as fast as everything else. Yeah. Interesting. But those would be one of the few things that would be left before then it's just bone. Mm-hmm. And charred bone. Charred bone. Yeah. Yes. It blends in with the rest of the charred stuff. Yeah, charred, yes. charred brittle bones. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That is absolutely true. Mr. Sauter, being a grieving father, several days later, decides against the advice of everybody, because... By the way, the volunteer fire department hadn't had a chance to come back yet. Mm-hmm. It's the holidays. Yeah. They got things to do, I guess. Mm-hmm. They don't come back yet. He decides that he's going to make the what remains of the house a memorial to his children, uh, and he fills in the basement with dirt. What? Yeah. Five vertical feet of dirt. Yeah. Well, yeah, probably. With a bulldozer. Yeah. And packs it in there, and then they plant flowers on top. Now, I, I get planting flowers on top. That is totally a memorial thing to get. The bulldozing bit is weird to me. But one of the things that I never find when you read about the fact that he filled in the site, mm-hmm. you never hear if they cleaned out the basement first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Did Did somebody come along and pull out all the stuff? Did he just say to hell with it and bury it all? I think don't that, know. Yeah, I kind of get the feeling that uh, they, they left all the stuff in there and he pushed the dirt in on top. Yeah. Because his, his, he was sure at that point that his kids' remains were still in there. Just I, like, That's I feel their grave the and I'm going to fill it in. I absolutely feel the same way, but we don't, don't have don't anything that says one way know. or the other. Yeah. And however horrible this is... Are we? Is there a theory that he was trying to cover something up? No, actually, that's never in any of the theories. Okay, it's never that mom and dad are directly responsible. Okay, yeah, I don't it's never I, them. I don't think that uh, if he had actually say murdered his kids and was trying to cover it up, I don't think he would have called so much attention to the case. Yeah, because everybody... yeah, they really they they kept this case alive. Oh, they yeah, really for did. sure. I just oh. wanted to make sure that wasn't going to come up. So yeah. everybody believes that this was just. The really ill-fated actions of a grieving father. Yes. Okay. The filling in, yes. Yeah. As a lot of grieving parents will do, of course, Mr. and Mrs. Sauter try to go on with their lives, but eventually, because they don't get all the details of the case, they start to disbelieve what they're told to the point that they don't believe that their children were actually in the fire. Which I guess is weird. Given it's kind of a normal thing. to have, like, accepted it in the beginning. He did, but there's a lot of parents who... Child commits suicide, yeah. and they believe at first that it was suicide, and then suddenly, year two years later, they staunchly believe that their child was murdered, and mm. that it's yeah. a cover up of some kind, yeah. or some kind of diabolical scheme. Yeah. It's a lot easier to believe that. Oh hell that's yeah! It's something you would rather believe. Oh yeah, people totally. are very good at believing what they want to believe. They are, most. and yeah. and that's exactly what happened. Uh, I, I think the thing that really planted the seed for Mister Sauter was. Uh, you know, not too long after, he sees a picture in the newspaper of a girl who he's pretty sure is one of his children, and he goes to try and see her. She's in New York, by the way. They're in West Virginia. 
No shocker, the child's parents tell him to buzz off. Yeah, no. Uh, get away from us, crazy man. But he's sure at that point that his kids that his kids didn't actually die. And they they continue to uh, to follow that. They eventually get the case into the destruction of their home and potential murder or theft, abduction? Theft? Kidnapping, yeah. Kidnapping, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Of their children reopened. It it was reopened. It was reinvestigated. Nothing ever comes of it. Eventually, the site of the home was excavated. It was in 1949. There's a pathologist by the name of Oscar Hunter. He excavated the site. By his own admission, though, he didn't do what's called screening. And if you don't know what that is, it's literally running the dirt that you dig up across the screen to get the, the large particulate out of it. Mm-hmm. Larger. He didn't do that. Larger. He didn't do that because he was expecting to find full, solid bone. So he didn't, he didn't find it. Why yeah. was he expecting that? Because yeah. he you expected know? there to be the bodies of five children in a house that had burned and that their bones would not have broken down. So there was no, no like briefing on the case of like, Hey, this house burned for like a million hours. And <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't know why he thought that, Yeah, but I, I will it bring up like if he was qualified to look for it, he should have also known. But I will bring up the fact that it's kind of common knowledge how cremation works. I yeah. think now I, I, I don't know if at the time it was, but he's a pathologist. So I would think he would understand this. And we'll talk about this now is that if you don't know how cremation works, they put a body in a furnace for about two hours. They burn all of the flesh. The bones, however, don't burn entirely and they have to be ground up. Yeah. So it's but... not as if we just completely turned to ash I think he was expecting a situation like that because the process of cremation, it takes about an hour or two. Yeah, yeah and that's, but, that's it. And then there's just solid bone left. But the thing about it is, is uh, these kids, first of all, they were small, lighter skeletons than full-on adult skeletons. Mm-hmm. Absolutely and, true. And they were in the middle of a house that collapsed on top of them, so they would have been all crunched up. Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of volunteer firefighters came along. Hosed, and trooped through the site. Well, they hosed it down, number one, with high-pressure hose, which mm-hmm. would have a pulverizing effect. And mm-hmm. then, number two, they trooped through the site, stomping mm-hmm. on the bones. And, so, then, yeah, and then five feet of dirt were poured on top of uh-huh. the entire thing i mean yeah. I, it just you seems, see the problem it just seems silly that he would have expected in any way to have found full bones there i i personally i i think that at the time there was a certain professional arrogance in a lot of fields mm. and i think that he might have suffered from that that's fair yeah okay so of course n- no bones are discovered when this guy excavates the site mm-hmm. actually that's a lie oh Two sets of bones were found. Oh. Some vertebrae mm-hmm. and the hand of a boy. Well, okay, so what's so great. the problem? Except that those bones were never in a fire. Oh, okay. That so is they problem. didn't actually belong to any of the children. So they were introduced as part of the fill dirt. Either they were introduced as part of the fill dirt or there uh, <laughs> was a grave that was opened up not too far away. And by opened up, I mean robbed. Mm. And people think that somebody might have dug it up and buried the bones so that the family had something to find when this mm. guy showed up to then give them some sort of closure. Uh-huh. I was going to say, it's it's weird to me that a unidentified boy's hand and vertebrae showed up in this and everyone was like, well, it wasn't the kids we were looking for, so mm, it doesn't matter who it belonged to. We don't care where it <laughs> yeah, came from. Like, well, back, back in the those... hand of a boy showed up. What are you? 
Well, sorry. You put it on APB on a kid that's missing some vertebrae in a hand. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why they didn't do that. No, I it's you know that's I guess that I would I would guess it had to have come from that that grave that grave then yeah. well, or else was, there would have been a huge outcry. It, of, it had to have. Yes. Where did this come from? Because where he got the fill dirt, like if he just managed to happen to get some remains of a, that's a huge problem. Yeah. Yeah. It really it, is. Yeah. It, it is entirely possible though that, it, that he did just get it along with his fill dirt. I mean, I, I have found bones, and I just randomly digging. I have found bones. Yeah, but like yeah. human bones. I don't know if they were human or animal bones. Probably uh, animal bones. Probably. Well, yeah, they're probably it's buried like, by dogs. Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, it's like not like you can call up the police department every time you stumble across <laughs> a bone. You know? Oh man. I mean, you could, but eventually they Ooh. would get they would get a little angry with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. so we're gonna say it was probably from the open up grave. Probably from the open okay. grave. Yes. That works. Now, I said that we thought that they think that somebody put that there for the family to find. Mm-hmm. Wasn't the only thing that was put on the site for the family to find. So people were really trying to help the family along. Yeah. The police chief of the volunteer fire department. The fire chief, you mean? Yeah. Not the yeah. police chief. The yeah. fire chief. Thank yeah. you, Joe. Yeah, yeah. Me know more better English. <laughs> um, the family hired a private investigator, actually several of them. And one of them was talking to the chief and the chief let it slip that he had found internal organs at the site and had buried them in a box on the site after the fact. Is that air quotes, let it slip? Yes. Okay. I think that that's air quotes, let it slip. Okay. Well, of course, Mr. Sauter wants to know, the PI, and he gets the chief to take him to the site, show where he buried it. They dig up this box, which they immediately run to the corner, who immediately opens it up and says, oh, yeah, this is a beef liver. Ugh. And it's never been through a fire, and it's kind of fresh. Yeah, the, the and chief, this is quite. A, this is at least a year later. I'm not sure that I believe any of this because I mean the chief can't be that dumb as to think that, as to think that I mean, he could have just put it through a fire and then buried it. I, mm-hmm. you know what I, I don't know, man. That's this is one of those things in this story, and there's a number of them that we've already talked about. I just don't know where that came from. I can tell you that this part that we just talked about has spurred a lot of conspiracy theories and put the chief at the heart of that along with some other people. Yeah. I don't, we're not going to go into that particular theory, but, yeah, but it's... the whole, yeah, the whole theory is like, you know, I mean, he, he's from Sicily, Mr. Sutter's from Sicily. So there's a mob connection, of course. His, the ladder was missing. The truck wouldn't start. Well, they couldn't yeah, it's, get through yeah, the Yeah, it's operator. all a giant conspiracy. It's all, exactly. Yeah. Just like the parents of the child who commits suicide, yeah. suddenly things don't add up, so it's got to be a plot. Mm-hmm. Yes. The investigation by the police eventually was closed and continued to have the same ruling that it was an accidental fire and that the children died in the fire. Like, the cops never, nobody ever changed the ruling they humored the family, and they looked into it again, but they closed it. Yeah. And then they refused to look at it any further, despite the objections of the family. They had made their decision. And that also is something that fuels people to say, oh my gosh, there's something going on. They ignored it on purpose, yeah. which I personally don't believe. There were some things that the Sodders did that really helped keep this story alive. Yeah, the, One bil- of, the billboard. The billboard is exactly what I was going for. But if you've looked at this case on the on the interwebs you've at all. You've seen the billboard. Yeah, the, yeah, the billboard it's, is no longer there. No, no, it's not. But, but it was there for years. 20, 30 years, something like that, yeah. Mm. It was a billboard, and it was only a couple feet off the ground. It wasn't, you know, the giant tall one that you like see on the side of the freeway. It was a billboard. Yep. Yeah. Had the pictures of their five children who had 
disappeared in the, before the fire. Mm-hmm. Note I said disappeared before the fire because that's the way the family sees it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the story, asking for anyone to come forward with information. And several people did. Shocking. Shocking. People and I'm always gonna, do. I'm going to give you a couple of them. And these, again, these are ones that you'll see in the lore. And I just don't get why they're hung on to with so strongly. Because the first yeah. one I want to talk about is a woman named Ida Crutchfield. Ida says she saw the children on the night of the fire and that they were at her hotel uh, being supervised by two Italian males. Now, is this a hotel? Adults. Was this a hotel where she was staying at or she that worked. she owned? She worked, she worked there. at the hotel. Okay. She worked there. Um, as we talked, as Joe's talked about, you know, the family was Italian. They were actually immigrants. I think Mrs. Sauter came over when she was three. Mr. Sauter came over when he was like 14 or 15, something like that. But yeah. they were, they were natively from, they're, they're native they Italians. Born. Yeah. Um, but anyway, back to Ida, what she says is that the children, she tried to talk to them. The adults gave her the stink eye. They then brusquely talked to the children who then clammed up and wouldn't talk to her anymore. They talked to the kids in Italian, right? They talked to the kids in Italian. Now, did the Sauter children speak Italian? I don't know. You know who else I don't know spoke Italian or even knew what Italian sounded like? Ida Crutchfield. Yes. Yeah. How did Ida know that? Well, actually, it's possible because I, I I heard that Fayetteville actually has a pretty decent sized Italian immigrant population, or it did at that time. I'll give you that. So, yeah. I didn't know so, that. Yeah, I, okay. I heard this. Yeah. But here's here's some other problems with her, with Ida. She never saw the pictures of the daughter children until two years after the fire. She then waited another five years to come forward with her story for a total of seven years from the date of the fire. Mm. Yeah, it does sort of uh, reduce her credibility. Yeah. Yeah. I think to be nice, I'm going to say that she was trying to help and really just wanted to be involved. Want, yeah, want a little attention. Because a little attention. frankly, yeah, if you showed me pictures of five children and I had seen them five years before, I doubt that I would remember them. Exactly. Yeah. Did, uh, sorry... I don't know if you know the answer. Did Mr. and, Mr. and Mrs. Sauter, did they come over with their families? Like their parents brought them over, right? They must have. Mrs. Sauter came over with her family. She mm-hmm. was much too young to come on her own. Mm-hmm. Mr. Sauter came over with his older brother okay. who basically hit American soil, turned around and went home. Okay. So he yeah. was on his own. Yeah. I'm time. just wondering because my, you know, my grandfather came over mm-hmm. and they spoke Italian to, to him. Mm-hmm. He was older than this right obviously but that was you know the family still spoke italian so i don't know if the grandparents were involved in the solder children's raising they may have spoken italian to them just to address that question yeah, yeah no it's entirely possible yeah. a, lot, a lot of Im- children of immigrants uh, wind up bilingual mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah at least partially possible. yeah yeah you know enough to understand somebody sternly talking to you because that's how nona did it and you mean nona mm-hmm. your, your grandma Oh, <laughs> I've never heard. No, I never heard Nona. I thought it was Nana. Okay. <laughs> In my family, it was Nona. Okay. <laughs> else uh, let's see. Okay. Okay. So we've got some more reports of the children. Yeah. There were reports that the children were seen on the night of the fire across the street in a taxi. Now, that's a great sure. getaway vehicle. It really is. I mean, well, you know, they were spotted, of course, because locals came to watch the house burn. Because what else are you going to do on Christmas Eve in 1945? Yeah. yeah. Some locals. Yeah. Some, yeah. Just, it turned uh, out there were some other locals who were at a bar who heard about the fire and wanted to see it mm. and hired a taxi to haul them to it and then had the taxi haul them away. 
And that's who was spotted and in Believe the And they just happened to, to look like children re- re- age ranged from Have you ever seen a bunch of drunks in a car? They yeah. look like kids. They do. They really do look yeah. like kids. Yeah, they're acting like kids, too. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of the, where the story sat. You know, like I said, it was looked into, reported locally, and then it just kind of sat there for a while. And it wasn't until the 60s when a magazine re-ran uh, the story and spread it to the world that it really kind of gained traction. And that's probably one of the only reasons that we know about it is yeah. because it got so publicized. And that, that of course, is going to attract cranks to the story. It's going to attract a lot of people. I mean, the Sodders, they, they tracked down every lead they got. I'm they sure went they after did. them. Yeah. In 1968, they got a really weird lead, which is Mrs. Sodder went to the mailbox and she found a letter with uh, no return address, but it was postmarked from Kentucky. Inside of the envelope was a picture of a young man that sort of, kind of, maybe looked like their son, Lewis. He was 10 when he disappeared. This is 23 years later. Yeah, so that means he's a... He's the photo looks like a, a man in his, young, his early 20s. But at that point, he would have been in his 30. 30s. Yeah, okay. It's an odd bit that they immediately said it must be him. But they say that. Well, on the back of the photo... I think this is probably why, if, if this is true, it says, Lewis Sauter, I love brother Frankie. Uh, is it Illil Boys? Yeah, Lil Boys. Illil or... Boys. Yeah, I, I never know what that means. Followed by the alphanumeric of A90132, or maybe it ends in 35. Not sure. Yeah, um, but he didn't have a brother named Frankie, right? No. That's the weird thing. Yeah, that's That's weird. the really f- odd thing about this photo. <laughs> I know I was about to say something yeah, else. Yeah, you were. Um, okay, so <laughs> the Sodders, like I said, they chase everything down. They didn't tell anybody what town in Kentucky this postmark was from, but they sent a PI to that town to look for the sender of it. Sadly, they chose a really bad P.I. because that P.I. took their money and never came back. <laughs> yeah. Which sucks. Yeah, it seems like if you uh, if you were an ethical private investigator, you would tell these people not to waste their money. Well, I'm sorry, but 20 some odd years later, you, you're looking into this case. You probably just want to get a couple of bucks. Yeah, probably. And sit around on your duff and do nothing. Mr. Sauter, um, he died in 1968, so not, but uh, about this, actually, it would have been the same year that they sent the PI off. He died that same year. Mrs. Sauter, she died in 1989. Both of them died believing that their children had been taken and that Mm. they they didn't die in the fire, but were taken. The whole family, because there are generations that have lived on, all seem to believe this. It's All of them? All of them. Almost all of them. There is, I think, there's one member of the family who won't, who never talked about it, and I think that's the one family member who didn't believe that they got out. Mm. Which one was that? That was the older brother, John. Well, yeah, the thing about it is, is the John shook the kids awake before yep. he fled down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Now, if John is mm-hmm. telling the family doesn't necessarily believe him. They think that he's just feeling guilty over fleeing the fire. And so, they, but but if John, he knows said that on that the he, night that it happened, like evidently, the one of the investigators asked him that night, or somebody asked him, and he said, "No, I shook him awake." 
And I've actually read stuff from cops that say the first statements that somebody makes right away, those are usually the true ones. Weird. After that, they start getting regrets and remorse and doubts, and they'll they'll massage and change their story. But he said that on the first night. Yeah. Yeah. And and so John has to know that the kids were in the house. And so there's no way they could have been kidnapped. And he's probably got regrets of, I should have just shaken him and I run. Should I should have grabbed the little boogers mm. and hauled them out with me. Well, he can't exactly grab five kids, but he could have at least grabbed a couple of the little yeah, ones. Yeah, one under each arm. Yeah. You know? And yeah. said, come with me, other two. Yeah. 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 I mean, this I mean he is was 23. Totally... He could have, a yeah. six-year-old and an eight-year-old, he could have grabbed them pretty quick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he probably should have. He's but got... also, he was 23. He was, yeah, 23. Not really thinking about it. Yeah, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of guilt on everybody's part. I'm oh, sure, yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure everybody's... Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Normally, this is where we would stop, because this is kind of where our story ends. Normally, we would jump right into theories. Yeah. But we're not going to. What? Why? Because remember in the beginning, I said that there was a lot of bad retellings, and there were things about the story that get just hammered on, and then people just figure that they must be part of it, and that's why something else happened. Yeah. Well, I found some of the answers to some of these things, and I want to kind of put some of it to bed. Debunking. Well, not necessarily debunking as taking some of the wind out of the sails. All right. Okay. Remember that funny phone call that the Sodders got? Oh, the refrigerator mm-hmm. call. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, the refrigerator phone call. Yeah. You will hear it said that there was laughing in the background, and the woman giggled when she was talking to her. Well, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's true. And actually, they tracked down the phone call, and it was a woman who lived in the area, and she did totally call the wrong number. Well, yeah. and she could have been giggling. I mean, she could have been drunk. She could have been drunk. It's, uh, it's Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve. At midnight. Night, yes. she accidentally dialed the wrong number because she was drunk, giggled, and said, oh, oops, sorry. Well, see now, but the thing is, there's theories out there that say that that phone call was a warning to the family. To get Waking out. them up so that they could wake up and get out of the house an before it caught on fire. An hour and a half. Yeah, not... I know, I know. Okay. But yeah. the point is, they figured out who the lady was, and she really was trying to call somebody else. And yeah. she really did remember. She really did call somebody else. And she else. remembered... Misdialing. Evidently, okay. yes. Or yeah. the operator misconnected her. Yeah, one of the two. Yeah. Such things are not unknown. Oh, yeah, I yep. guess that was an operator. It was an operator era. system, but yeah. it was a wrong number. Yeah. Um, we well, have... maybe the operator was drunk. Yep. Okay, we're going to do a bunch of member in here. Remember when Mr. Sauter couldn't find his ladder? Yes. Yeah, somebody stole it. They did. It was oh. down an embankment. Turns mm. out there was... This is the weird thing. It was some guy on their property either... Pre or post the fire, trying to steal things. And one of the things he was trying to steal was their ladder. It had to have been before. It, it had the to have been. Was well, I don't know if he was trying to steal things before the fire because he was caught after the fact on the property trying to steal stuff. Yeah. But... So he didn't care that the property was on fire. He was trying to steal things. Yeah. Which is just the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah. Well, it sounds to me like he, because the ladder was gone right after the family evacuated, the ladder was gone. So he was there before the fire started. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said he stole the ladder to cut the phone line. And admittedly, the phone company said that, yeah, the phone line looked like it was cut, but it was also cut at the top of the pole, which nobody believed that this guy would have 
could have climbed all the way up there with the ladder and cut the line. But also, why the hell would he cut the line? Yeah. But why did it look like it was cut then? According to the phone, I'm guessing that it wasn't uh, it wasn't pulled by pressure and snapped or cut with a knife. It looked like it was actually cut with ply or snips. Is the impression I got? But right, but the question still stands: Why was the phone line cut? That is a if good the question. guy couldn't have gotten up there with the ladder. I, to be honest, the house was on fire and the walls were falling in. And I'm betting that the walls fell over and pulled the wire and it snapped mm. and looked like it was cut. Mm. That's my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah. totally the way that I would explain that. Sure. That's Sounds But beautiful. nobody believed this guy that he cut the line. He did eventually. He got arrested for, I'm not sure whether it was the attempt or the actual success in stealing things from the property. He was stealing block and tackle. Which, if you don't know what block and tackle is, it's pulleys and hooks and ropes used to pick up heavy things. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Sauter hauled freight. He had to pick up heavy things by himself. Yeah. He had a pulley system. Yeah. It's weird that that'd be what you would uh, just try and steal, but sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, kind of untraceable. Yeah. That's true. No totally, totally useful in an area where a lot of manual labor takes place. That's true. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Here's the other thing. Uh, we talked about John a little bit, uh, and the fact that he had shaken the children awake. What I don't think we've talked about and you don't always see is that George Jr. And John, both of them, their hair was singed when they got out of the house, which means the flames were big enough and hot enough that it was burning hair when they ran out. So it's very possible that those children woke up and tried to run down the stairs. And, and it just wasn't, couldn't. Yeah. Too hot, couldn't yeah. get out. Yeah, they should have opened up a window and like gone out that way. Well, and that's one of the things that we're going to cover is that people talk about, well, why weren't the children at the windows? Mm-hmm. Screaming for their parents to save them. Yeah. And we're going to talk about the reasons why that might not have happened. Because we're going to do that in the theory section, but we're still not done with Steve's question section. Oh, my god. Which goodness. is what we're in. Okay. <laughs> you remember Mr. Sauter said that he tried to start the truck and back it up to, to get into the window and yeah. neither of the trucks started, uh-huh. which must have been a sabotage job. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, they, they were probably diesel trucks because uh-huh. diesel, sure diesel. Was, the, was the main thing. And I don't know if anybody's tried to start a diesel truck when it's cold, but it's a pain in the butt, mm. yeah. especially a 1940s era truck, mm. which is does not like cold weather. That's the reason they make things like starter fluid, which is um, uh, ether. Yeah. yeah. You know, you spray ether into the carburetor and it, it sparks it right. to life. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's why his trucks probably didn't start. It was freezing cold, cold enough to freeze the water. And plus, uh, nobody ever found any evidence of sabotage. Like if somebody had, say, stolen his distributor cap or something like that, that would have been discovered and he mm-hmm. would have said something about it. But there was yeah. no evidence of sabotage. I would suspect that it, it, he was also, I mean, obviously he was also panicked, right? So, you you know, when you're in that kind of panic mode, you try something like twice and you're like, oh, no, it's ruined. I got to go do something else instead of, you know, saying, okay, well, it's cold. I just keep trying it and I'll probably eventually get or it. Or let it sit and let the glow plugs heat mm-hmm, up mm-hmm. before you start it. Because mm-hmm. that's what you have to do with diesels. Right. Yeah. You can't just turn them on. Yeah. Well, you can at first, but they tend not to work very long when you do that. Yeah. So there's there's a bunch of questions. I mean, we've already talked about the spatial layout of the house. I'm yeah. very curious how that house was laid out. I think we already said this, but one of the things that uh, was the cause of the fire is, is attributed to the fuse box mm-hmm. being bad. The family has said that that can't be. 
which we'll get into, but uh, I would like to know where the fuse box was in uh, in relation to that, like that office space yeah. uh-huh. that they say caught on fire. Uh-huh. It was probably in older houses. Typically, there it's in the basement. The fuse box? Yeah, typically. See, now, in this case, I'm pretty sure it's outside because there, there are stories of people wandering around outside of the house before the fire and looking at the fuse box. So mm-hmm. it was an exterior fuse box. It yeah. wasn't an That's interior weird. One. It's actually, it's an old style thing to do. Yes. They're on the outside. I My family has a house where we had to build a little faux building around mm-hmm. an exterior fuse box because uh. it gets wet. Uh. Well, yeah, you don't want to get wet. No, yeah. No, there's I mean, bad things with electricity. My house, yeah, my house is from the 1920s and it's got a fuse box inside, so... But right. it's in the basement. It's like in the stairs between the main house and the basement. So. That's where it is in my house, yeah. too. Yeah, and so. it may be that's a retrofit. You never know. Uh, yeah, that's true. It that's possible, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, regardless, I yeah. don't know. The uh, other but... thing about fuse boxes is that uh, even if it was in good shape, what, uh, well, uh, something a lot of people used to do back in the old days, which was stupid, but they did it anyway, is if they were having trouble with fuses burning out, they would bypass the fuse by putting a penny in, yeah. in, the, in the socket. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's possible that Sodders did something like that. Very. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Sodders said that he had recently had the uh, fuse box serviced by the electric company. Mm. So he was positive that there was no problem with it. Mm-hmm. How, I don't know. how long ago it was serviced? I don't know. Whenever I think of Christmas in like that kind of time, I think of um, a Christmas story. <laughs> right? Where they're like... Now, which fuse is it that that one and they, you know, blow it because there's like 20 different strings of lights attached to everything and all that stuff. Uh-huh. And there and there were not that many plugs yeah, necessarily. Put... And... I don't think that there was they would have had gads and gads of Christmas lights like we do these days. Maybe not. But no, it's, but it's still possible that, say, if you've got a 15 amp circuit and you put a much, much beefier fuse into that. It was also freezing cold. Yeah. yeah, they may have been doing things. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe a kid, one of the kids, got an electric toy that he plugged in. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, That's a good, good call. You know, hadn't thought about a toy. There's yeah. always stuff. Yeah. Few, that doesn't bother me that it could have been a fuse box. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it pro- maybe it was outside. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, it supposedly was outside. But it could have been on the outside of the office. Yes, it could have. That's the thing. I, I, I just want to. I just want to know how this freaking house was laid out. Yeah, I really. Sure. I, I can't find it. So yeah, it's, we're it's, moving on. It's hard to say where it started too, because I've read accounts from firefighters and, and experts on it. If it started in the basement, it can travel up through the walls and be mm-hmm. all you know clear up to the top floor of the house in no time at all. Oh yeah, no fire yeah. doesn't just move um, vertically, mm-hmm. horizontally, and it, it'll oh, it'll yeah. race it'll sideways yeah. and then go up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, it's. Fire's scary. Yeah, I know. And that when, the, when they opened the front door to flee, they probably gave it a boost and let a lot of air into the house. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. and that's why I was looking at you like when you were crazy, when you were like, they should open a window. I was like, why would they open a window? <laughs> well, <laughs> Don't feed the fire. Yeah. No, I mean, I, for escape, yes, of course. But yeah. like in my... Well, and they might have they might have tried to do that. The thing about it is, is again, in my old house, it's got, you know, it's got double pane windows and some of them are not easy to open. No. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and especially, especially if, you're just if a little they've kid. been painted shut, maybe that happens too. Yeah, because you paint them a couple mm-hmm. times oh, and yeah. then you're done. Yeah, you paint them and then you close the window, mm-hmm. not yeah. realizing you just sealed it, or yeah. you just don't even open the window while you're painting. Yeah, there's always that awesome idea. Mm-hmm. Okie dokie, shall we get into theories? Yes, oh, yeah. there are not a lot of theories here. We have three basically abducted. That is the the first theory that we have, and it's as I said before, the family's favorite theory. Okay, mainly. 
I, I know this is theirs because it means that their kids are alive and they didn't get harmed. This that's, is like you liking a lot of the theories that we have. It really is. It's the, the and, only one. And for one. once, I don't know. This is not my theory. This is not the one that I think is right. Yeah. But this well, is the one people, they like. A lot of people do. Yep. Well, people have said that, yeah, no, the children were totally abducted. They were not in the house. They were taken before the fire. And there's a number of different ways that that goes. One of them is that it was Mrs. Sauter's family members who stole the children Mm -hmm. before the house was set fire. Okay, why? Okay, they were taken from the house and then they were split up and sent to different relatives. Why? And this could be... I'm sorry. (laughs) It could have been Mrs. Sauter's relatives. It could have been somebody else. It's because of the, they call it the old world network. Mr. Sauter was very vocal about his opinions. Mm -hmm. And it's thought that people were not too excited about his opinions. He, uh, He didn't like Mussolini. He thought okay. Mussolini was a nut job. Weird. And yeah, because Mussolini was a nut job. job. Mussolini was already dead by this point. I know. I know. Don't don't get ahead of me here, Joe. <laughs> okay. You, you don't take the wind out of my sails on this one, damn uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. Um, but they they say that it was or that he was bad mouthing things about the old country and maybe people in the old country and that news got back to the old country said person found out and said do this as retribution that's the simple version of the body of the abduction theory because you know as you both know the italians are nothing if not the most horrible vindictive human yeah, beings exactly. <laughs> yeah. and because somebody's kind of running their mouth a little bit in america you hear about it in the old world and what you do is say all right burn their freaking house down but kidnap and their kids steal their kids and separate them to relatives but because you know you want them to like stay in the family, but also those relatives they will never say anything to of the course family, not yeah ever yeah because well, they're plausible. on our side. That whole thing, she's absolutely right. Yeah, you know that's how it works exactly in my family. Italians work. I was yeah. raised by my second aunt because my <laughs> mom started mad mouthing everything. Yeah, that's how it happened in my family. I don't know. Yeah, I know. And sooner or later, of course, you know the kids uh, the kids get older and they might want to reestablish contact with them. Yeah, family. they're not allowed to. Well, but like I mean, none of them were so young that they wouldn't remember i mean they were all old enough yeah i mean 14 was the oldest one yeah and youngest was six they would have all remembered their childhood and that they had this thing happen and they were taken away and you know especially at 14 you start feeding a kid a lie like they're probably gonna think twice about that six maybe six-year-olds you can get away with it yeah probably get away with it maybe even eight-year-olds yeah but a 14 year old you're gonna you're gonna have to have him under lock and key because he's gonna like get away and reestablish contact with his family Mm -hmm. right yeah, so that's crazy. Yes. But the, sorry. The only tie that I've ever found to the old world family connection thing, and this is a really weak tie, is that uh, that photo that was Lewis, you know, that had the stuff written on the back of it. The A90132 or 35. Um, I guess that was supposedly a postal code in Palermo, Sicily. Mm. Now, is that now or was that correct? I don't know. Uh, I didn't bother to look it up because I don't actually think that there's anything to that. I actually feel like that has been inserted um, into the story. And that was in 1968. I don't know. Were zip codes 
I have no idea when it, Italy started the zip code system. I don't know why you don't look this stuff up because it takes like a two-second Google search while you two are back and forth. Because I didn't think about it ahead of time. <sighs> okay, so um, Palermo, Sicily, uh, their zip code, their postal code, their zip codes look like United States zip codes. There's there's not an A or anything like okay, that. Okay, no. But Palermo does. It, it's The range is um, from 90010 to 90151. So it's okay. So it's within that range. Yeah. So the, there is the something a. there without yeah. the A. I don't know what. Yeah. I guess it it's a PA. Is there like code right? Like we have OR for Oregon. Oh, Palermo's so PA, PA. means maybe Palermo. So it could have just meant A. I mean, it could have. They meant that. I don't know. That was uh, was was were either one of the solders from Sicily. I'm not sure if they were Sicilian yeah, or Italian. Yeah, that's the other Off the top of my head, I don't remember. But I don't think it's worth taking the time to dig into because i still think that this is just a convenient thing yeah now the the photograph i think was just the work of a crank you mm-hmm. know because you know again the brother frankie reference yeah really... doesn't doesn't make sense yeah let's move on to the next theory oh yeah this Abductions is the one that by ufos no not the, the chupacabra <laughs> not the chupacabra damn it um this one is uh that they did die in the fire and this is the one that i actually think is probably right Here's here's what's the reason that I think about that. When you read about the reactions of people in fires and in, in house fires from firefighters, there's an a, a break in how people react, and it's based on their age. At around the teen, so thirteen, fourteen, mm-hmm. you run. You yeah. run away from a fire. But if anyone younger than that is in that situation, they hide. Mm, they try to hide from the fire. Kids sure. naturally hide from things. But you would expect that the, the, the 12 and the 14-year-old at least would have tried to get out of there. Well, the, the age doesn't mean that that's going to happen. It's kind of an age range. Right. But so, also, if they're in there with their younger siblings and they're trying to get them, you know, the kids are hiding and mm-hmm. they're saying like, no, come on, we got to go. And the and kids they're are not smoke being coaxed and... out quick enough. Yeah. And then suddenly either they're overcome by smoke or the stairway is impassable and the as we said you know the the windows could have been painted shut or unopenable yeah. or... i think i had still broken them and gotten out well but that's the I thing is that the, the smoke inhalation hiding and mm-hmm. smoke inhalation would totally explain why they weren't in the windows yeah because they were hiding yeah and then they died yeah. because of the smoke yeah the, so smoke, could, the smoke it, does travel upward too oh so yeah, would, yeah and yeah. It, and it genuinely could be that the 14 year old was the only one in the room saying we gotta go like uh-huh. trying to coax you're not gonna necessarily leave your three siblings four siblings in there you know because if they're hiding you're saying okay come on what well i don't know what their names were yeah but come on betty like let's go we gotta go from under the bed and let's be honest you know john the 23 year old had enough sense to get out yeah the the next kid the oldest one that age you have these weird you know, beliefs that you're to- you're totally going to save everybody, and I can totally make this happen, and then it totally turns out you're wrong. Yeah, he, he and, died of smoke inhalation. And died of smoke inhalation, yeah. thinking that I, I can just get them out, and then I can run them down the stairs, and everything yeah. will be fine, yeah. and mom and dad will hug us. Yeah. I also don't think right. they did... Like, we did a lot of fire training. We learned, you know, it's mm. the duck and, and the stop, drop, and roll, and the, like, you crawl under the smoke and all that stuff, and I don't think they used to do that then, so I don't know that... Not as much. So, th- so they may not have just known, you know, yeah. Yeah. since it's drilled into you in a young age, in mm-hmm. this day and age, but 
They could have been standing up, different. jump, you know, who knows. Yeah, the, the nation was not as safety crazy. I'm not going to say mm. conscious, as crazy as we are crazy. today. Oh, yeah, we're yeah, safety we're... crazy no, in we're this insane. country. No, it's, it's idiotic. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. But <laughs> yeah. I'm going to stay on track with the story. Let's do it. <laughs> Another thing that I find interesting is the bones of the children. I had an idea, and I'd read some of this online, and I got a hold of I got a hold of our some of our experts, yeah. and Nina, who I got a hold of, huge help. So thank you to her; mm-hmm. she really kind of helped me on this. Is what she's what happens to bones in fire? What does the human bone do? Right. Yep. Uh, if you know, like we talked about with cremation. You know, they don't just completely disintegrate, at least not right away. There is a five-level scale of how bones break down, because they're organic matter. Organic matter will eventually burn. I I would say so. Yes, in, in some fashion or another. Well, there's a scale that's called the crow gasman scale, CGS. It's, you know, one through five. One being, yep, totally a burned skeleton sitting right there. Two, that's some nice human-shaped ash you have. Mm. Nice nice human sand, you know? That's level five. Level Mm. five, yes. You said two. Level one is, yep, it's totally a skeleton Mm -hmm. all the way to level five, which is, you know. Sand. Sand. Okay. If the fire had burned hot for almost seven hours... It's completely plausible that those bones had gotten to level three, the CGS level three. That level, the description of that level is major portions of arms and legs missing. The head is present, but unrecognizable. Widened area for disarticulated remains. Forensic anthropologists called for identification process. Super broke down. They're still bones, but they're coming apart in places. Like, you know, the, the skull is made up of several pieces. Mm-hmm. Guessing unrecognizable skull means it's not fused together anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. And all the, all the things that hold your bones together uh, will have been burned away. Yes. So that, yeah. you know, it's all going to fall apart. Yeah. It's not going to be a skeleton. It's going to be chunks of bone at this point. It's not going to be solid bone. It's yeah. the way that I understood it. And I could be wrong. Cause and that's it, before the volunteer firemen step all over everything. Yeah. <laughs> or the house collapses. <laughs> Or the house collapses on top of you. Or somebody turns a high-pressure hose on your remains. Uh Yep. There's also the fact that if you know anything about how bones develop, children's bones obviously aren't full-grown, and they have the growth lines or growth plates in them. Yeah. Those those are actually made not from the same material as your bones, but they're actually made from cartilage. Cartilage burns easier than bone. Uh Cartilage is like... Super fast. Yeah, it's what your Which means are and stuff. that the things that are holding these different areas of bone together are cartilage, which would have burned up, which makes them break down and be even harder to recognize. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, so the, the whole idea that they burn in the fire is a little radical. I'm still liking the UFO abduction better. But I got to admit, this is, this is a sensible theory. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. This radical. It's radical. Yeah. It's really weird. It's from the man who turns to the chupacabra all the time. Uh, yeah. Okay. Chupy. So, I personally think that this is this is kind of evidence that they were probably in the fire. But uh, we're going to go on to yeah. our last theory, which is that the children were murdered. Were they murdered? Uh, were they abducted and murdered, or just murdered in place? I don't know, to be quite honest with you. It really kind of depends on the version of the theory that you get. I mean, there's there's the the who and the how. Who did it, and then how did they do it? 
And we're going to tackle that in two parts. The who, and then sort of maybe the how, okay? Yeah. we got three groups that are pointed at. Joe brought up the first one, which is the mob. We also have the KKK. And, of course, the Italian fascists. Mm -hmm. They're also pointed at as the ones who are responsible. And why would they do this? Um, well, the, the fascists, because of the fact that Mr. Sauter was bad-mouthing the, the Mussolini mm -hmm. and everything that the Italians were doing in the war. Because he was definitely the only one. Yeah, I mean... A Sauter? Yeah, he was definitely the only person oh, bad-mouthing Mussolini oh, in America. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. totally the only one in this country. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, so that's the reason that the, that the fascists did it. The KKK, well, the Sodders were Catholic, mm. and the KKK doesn't like Catholics. They're or, Catholic immigrants. Yes. That is even worse sometimes to them. Um, and they were business owners, mm -hmm. which seems to enrage the KKK even more. Mm -hmm. And the mob, well, it's the mob because Mr. Sauter had a business and the mob was trying to get into that area. There, and I mean, there is some historic evidence of the mob having a problem with a lot of cold well they were they, it was the shipping and stuff time. yeah i mean it's not like a small time business dude and yeah know, no the the West mob Virginia. thing is total garbage because the mob really wasn't in that area at the yeah. time yeah. it's just an easy you were italian obviously, obviously it, was it was the mob, mob. Yeah. i think uh -huh. i made this that same statement in a recent episode yeah. knowing how foolish it sounds and mm -hmm. intentionally but yeah yeah no i mean it's it, it is hard to believe they were in west virginia i mean there are times on the you know in southern other areas they'll ask they'll just basically demand protection money they're, they're a protection racket and if you don't cooperate then something bad does happen yeah but even so i think they would have probably chosen chosen a, a probably a less deadly way to send their message i would think yeah. so then yeah and picked a more profitable family yeah <laughs> yeah uh, yeah and and the kkk i it just uh, that's such a stretch for me the 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 one that just i it, i i can't understand this every time is the fascists okay mm -hmm. like joe's talked yeah. about Mussolini was killed in the spring of 1945. The Italians were defeated by the Allies in the early 45. Mm -hmm. Mussolini had been, you know, taken down as prime minister. I think it was in 1943 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, he was deposed way, way earlier. Yeah, two years before he was killed, and he yeah. was killed by the, the resistance, the Italian resistance, and hung for everybody to see. His body was hung naked and upside down. And upside down, yeah, yeah. yeah. like so, at a train station or something, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, I mean, why? If the leader has obviously been taken down and the party's in disarray, why would this one family be targeted for saying bad things against maybe Mussolini? The, Thousands of miles maybe away. the Sauter family was actually fleeing. Maybe he was the son of someone really important in Italy, and they had they had come because he was fleeing. Stop making that face. I'm trying to fill this argument. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's no, no, you're right. There's just Yeah, no, I no. mean, even even the Sodders themselves, I don't think, ever speculated about anything like that. About... They would have known. For the most part, no. Yeah. yeah. They, and... didn't, they didn't think that that was it. Although no. there are bits of the story that I've left out because I can't corroborate that people always attribute to the fascist did it bit. But 
I don't. Mm. I don't buy it. I don't. No, yeah, no. I, I think they had especially things. since they they you know they hired so many private investigators and blah blah. blah. They would have known if yeah. that if if any group were going to do this as a terrorist act act against the family, they would have made themselves known, and it yeah. wouldn't have been this huge big thing. Yeah, it wouldn't have been uh, how did it happen? Yeah. yeah. The thing about it is too is that uh, you know, Mussolini in the forties was not not terribly popular in America, uh-uh. and so lots of people were bad mouthing him. And their houses didn't get burned. So, huh? Yep. Yeah. So we talked about the who. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about the how. The mm-hmm. how, according to the they were murdered, is... Well, they were murdered in the house in the fire. Right. It's pretty simple. Yeah, but how? So do you remember the official, the official description or cause of the fire was electrical? Yeah. People say that the fuse box was sabotaged. Whether it be jamming a penny in it, as Joe had mentioned, or doing something else. Or putting in an inappropriate fuse. Yeah, something as simple as that. Now, the solders say there's no way that it was an electrical problem because there were lights on during the fire. I thought they shut the lights off. (laughs) <laughs> didn't she shut off all the lights? She did. Yeah. She did. But I'm guessing that maybe some lights got hit on the way out and turned on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, know, you run by and you flip the switch so you can run through the wall and not fall over the so chair. I don't yeah, know. That's possible. But the point is, they said there was no way it could have been an electrical fire because there were lights on in the house. But the, Except, the, I'm sorry, a circuit can go bad and cause a fire somewhere. And the other circuits can still be working fine well, for a good amount of time. Well, maybe their house only had one circuit. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, Just I don't. Kidding. No, I don't I think that's. I'm gonna go back to it. Christmas lights. It was the Christmas lights that were on. But the last time <laughs> I broke a fuse, you know, half the lights stayed on and half the lights were off. And absolutely, yeah, exactly. That's what a fuse system does. Also, let's be fair. If you're running for your life out of your house, you're not gonna necessarily be like, oh, that one light fixture's out and this other one is I on. I think this is they were observing it from outside once they had escaped from the Even house. Even then, it was how are you fire? gonna know necessarily like which ones of those are on and which ones? aren't i don't know honestly i don't know the answer to that and that's i mean that's why i don't think that that that's bad yeah it's bad that's not accurate the other way that this that the house was set fire according to these theories Mm -hmm. is that it was firebombed there was do you remember miss sutter said at midnight or so she heard something hit the roof and roll down yeah yeah Okay, well, when they came back to the house a day or so, or a couple of days later... To fill the hole in, yeah. I'm guessing it was at that, that <laughs> uh-huh. point, but maybe it was after that. Uh, their daughter, uh, what was it, Marion, said she found a weird, heavy, melted rubber ball thing, which Mr. Sauter was pretty sure, and other people seem to corrob- agree with, I don't know if this is right or not, that it was akin to a napalm bomb. Napalm bomb. Wow, that was hard to yeah, say. It's a yeah, twister. yeah, a lot of L's in there. That... I didn't know they made those out of rubber. I, according to this theory, they do. I don't know that they did, but according to this, somebody threw a firebomb on top of the house, and that's what caught the house on fire. I guess I oh. thought that would make more of an explosion noise. No, actually, napalm is, doesn't explode. It's a liquid. It yeah, melts liquid. through and then it burns. And so it would have taken an hour and a half. From the time that it landed so. on the roof to catch the house on fire enough to wake people up. Exactly. I mean, that's well, the other it outside. Part, right? If you're, if you're going to firebomb a house, you you, you want to chuck the bomb into the house. You want to go like walk up to say the basement and open or break a window, or and the chuck coal it into the basement. Chute. Yeah, or go to the coal chute and just open a coal chute and drop it in. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, at, at the scene of a fire, you're going to find all kinds of melted stuff. It was probably some of their own possessions. Yeah, it probably was. Fuse, yeah, but... like a weird toy that they were supposed to open the next morning. Yeah, could like be. Like a rubber ball. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was like a soccer ball. I think this was kind of thicker, but God knows what it was. It could have been anything. Yeah. yeah. Melted and misshapen and just looked roundish. Mm-hmm. Really just looked roundish. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, I just know the whole napalm bomb. Nap- no. Napalm bomb. See? Thing. It's just, you yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. yeah toy boat. Toy <laughs> I'm boat, not even going to try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I don't think that the house was firebombed. I mean, there. Th- this is one of those things, again, I, because I can't corroborate it, we're not going to talk about the fact that somebody said they saw fireballs being thrown in the sky that night, because I just think that that's something that was tacked on later. Like, mm-hmm. what? Yes. Yeah. So... That's our story. Yeah. Those are all the facts that I can find on it, both proven and some unproven, and mm-hmm. I don't really put a lot of stock in. But that's all I've got. I mean, I personally, sadly, think that children perished in the fire. I don't I know agree. if you two no. have any different no, opinions. No, I think they, unfortunately, they died no. in the fire. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I think they did, too. It's absolutely certain. But um, it's possible that it was arson, it's, or it's possible. More likely, it just began accidentally. Maybe maybe they're furnace. as most house fires do. Yeah, yeah, electrical, the furnace, maybe. I mean, there's all kinds of ways. That's the time of year it happens. Cat knocks too. something yeah. over because cats are diabolical creatures. Yeah. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, there's the whole the Christmas tree fire problem, right? Is yep. you've got your Christmas tree, and by that time of the year, it's actually probably much drier than it's going to be because you've had it for a couple of weeks, and you have your one faulty plug and. With your Christmas lights as wrapped around. This is a thing. This happens I know. all the time. I know, I know. And I was just thinking, I've never heard if they had a Christmas tree. You never hear that say. Yeah, I, I just assume they did. I kind of assume they did. But I guess they might not have. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, because I'm sorry. I've, I've had Christmas lights that my family's mm-hmm. had for 30 years, and I have plugged them in mm-hmm. and then touched the, the plug, yep. and it was hot as yeah. hell. Well, yeah. later. Or it'll send a spark out, you know, or whatever. If the fuse blew... Um, you know, sometimes that can send a spark out the plug and overload catches yeah. the whole thing on fire. Yeah. That, I, it, that's, that's, it's just a thousand ways. It there are started. a million ways. Yeah. A million. 10 yeah. million ways. Well, I'm 15. I don't know. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we're going to go ahead and uh, stop here because it's all we really have. We can just keep talking about the millions of different No, things. I really, I don't want to keep yeah. doing that. Okay. Well, if you're one of the Too solder, much speculation. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you're one of the solder kids, get in touch with us. We'd like to hear from you. <laughs> yes. Well, they can get in touch with us by sending us an email. How's that? Oh, sure. Okay. We do have an email address. It is thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. You're welcome to send story suggestions, uh, comments, feedback, whatever, whatever you feel like you can send there. You can also put comments on our website. The website is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. And we've got our links to research as well as the episode there. And like I said, you can leave comments. Um, I, I have noticed a funny thing lately, which is I think that everybody thinks that the Internet is a free state. Yeah. When Whereas our website is actually, well, it's a little more autocratic. We will trim comments. So mm. people are welcome to leave comments, but... Those mean people never get their comments Mostly, on our website, so yeah. put whatever you want. Yeah, but if you have, like, feedback and, yes, and things like that, absolutely. we love to have a conversation with you about that so of we course. can <laughs> explore that a little more. And the face or the, the website is not necessarily the best place for that, probably the email address. Email is the best place yeah. to go. Yeah. Just as a, as a mention. Absolutely. Um, now, 
like I said, on the website, we've got the episodes. You can stream the episodes from the website. You can download them from the website. You can stream them from anywhere else you want to on the internet. You can also stream or download directly from iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please do leave us a comment and a rating. We do appreciate mm-hmm. those. We also are going to be on social media. So we've got the Facebook group and the page. Lots of fun. Lots of things going on there. It's been crazy busy lately. And uh, then, of course, we are on Twitter. We are thinking sideways on Twitter. So no G in the middle. And last but not least, if you're enjoying the podcast and you're enjoying what we do and you'd like to help out, visit Patreon. It's patreon.com slash thinking sideways. Totally volunteer system if you want to take part in that. Think that that's all about we have. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow, I got everything. Man, didn't even have to look at the list this time. Wow. After mm. two years, finally got it down. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we are going to get out of here next week. We will be doing more of Thinking Sideways Most Wanted. We've got a special one for you. We're yeah. not going to tell you what it is because we're jerks that way, yeah. but you'll just have to wait. Yeah. It's mega exciting. So right. exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll talk to you guys next week. Ta-ta, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.